You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We've got lots of exciting stuff to talk about today. We had a big, big weekend for all of our fantasy football teams. Dynasty, literally from every angle, we had some big, big stuff happen this weekend. So excited to get into it. I'm your co- well, I am your host, Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And of course, as always, I'm joined by Mo- Marcus Mosier. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow at Locked on Dynasty. Hit that subscribe button. Leave the five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. We have real NFL news to talk about. Marcus, let's celebrate. Yeah, let's celebrate. I was having a nice, uh, enjoyable Sunday, just just hanging out, uh, having some lunch, and all of a sudden this big Julio Jones trade broke in. Uh, My brain went in a million different directions. I'm excited today, Kate, to talk to you about it because, man, there's a lot of different angles here. There are a lot of different angles, and Julio Jones is a guy that even sort of before we really were buying into the news that he would be moving this offseason, we've talked about Julio Mm -hmm. quite a bit, and the fact that he is a huge value in Dynasty startups right now, he's been very, very cheap, very, very easy Mm -hmm. to acquire. Uh, He's, I don't know, he's, he's really been undervalued after one year of just uh, some injuries kept him off the field but didn't see a huge decline in performance but obviously this has ramifications all over the NFL all over our dynasty teams this is crazy I'm gonna be honest Kate I think talking about Julio's value is the least exciting part of this whole trade Right, yes. because I feel like we kind of know where he's at. I think he's going as wide receiver 38 currently on Dynasty League Football. That's pretty much unchanged from what's happened since the end of the season. That's kind of where people have been valuing him. I think he's going to get his, you know, his yards. He's probably never going to be a top five wide receiver again in fantasy. But how it impacts Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, how the loss of Julio impacts Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan, I think is far more interesting to me. It's very interesting. I want to start with the wide receiver one in May ADP for DynastyLeagueFootball.com. I'm talking about A.J. Brown. Finally, with all of those available targets, he had climbed his way to see the wide receiver one in Dynasty. That is no small feat. He was a top six draft pick in Dynasty startups. What does this do for A.J. Brown? Does it... Does the decrease in target share affect him that drastically because I think there are just so many different ways that you can go this way and I mean you gotta at least look at the efficiency of this offense it's been a pinnacle of their production and their fantasy production over the years Julio's got to help them from an efficiency standpoint I do agree I think I think adding Julio is going to help maintain the efficiency of AJ Brown Derrick Henry Ryan Tannehill I do think it takes away a little bit of the ceiling, Kate. So first and foremost, the Titans last year uh, had the fifth fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL, 16.9 wide receiver targets per game. If you go back to 2019 and you include that season, it's actually 16.4. So I just, and please correct me if if you think differently, but I just don't think this is going to be a high volume passing attack to the wide receivers. I think... I think they want to remain balanced. And I think the addition of Julio, he's going to get his six to eight targets a game. 
I think we are excited about AJ Brown because there was a potential of him getting double digit targets a week. I think that's kind of out the door now, right? I think that is a hundred percent out the door. I mean, we did have a fantastic season in 2020. We saw our guy climb up the ranks. He finished as the wide receiver. Uh, let me see. Wide receiver 11, wide receiver 11 for AJ Brown back to back seasons with just over a thousand receiving yards. He's shown capability as a touchdown monster. Mm-hmm. He showed all of these different things, but I do think that the one thing we were all sort of just counting on was the hope that maybe we would see some increased volume. And I mean, Julio's always been more of the volume guy, of course. Like, he has been the pinnacle of volume in that offense. Obviously, this does shake things up for some of those guys that you said maybe we're going to see some value there in the Titans' offense. Anthony Ferkser. Long, long lost dream for those of us that were hoping for a breakout. Josh Reynolds, meh. Like, we got to pass on all these. I think this is going to be a great offense, really fun to watch. But how about Ryan Tannehill? I feel like that's the last, last person on the Titans offense that we really do need to talk about because Ryan Tannehill, again, has just been one of these perennially undervalued quarterbacks. He's been... Uh, an excellent asset, I think, especially in best ball leagues where you can always just wait and, and hit on that one big team, uh, big performance, and it, you bank. But Ryan Tannehill, he's going as the quarterback 19 in Dynasty Startups. That, initially, that feels low, but I think he's older than what you believe he is. I think he's going to turn 33 at some point. Uh, during this season. Yeah, 33 in July. Uh, So he is a little bit older, but I do think you're going to still get four to five really, really strong years out of him. Uh, I I, I think that feels about right, Uh, but I can certainly see a scenario, Kate, where he jumps up a couple spots. See, I'm looking at what he is doing. Obviously, he is a bit older than you would generally like, but I mean, just going a couple of spots behind Matthew Stafford, going behind... Matt Ryan, who's 36, going behind Baker Mayfield, who, yes, he is a younger quarterback, but I'm not sure that we have the uh, the ceiling there for Baker Mayfield as a fantasy football asset. I think he's a better NFL quarterback than we're probably ever going to see him be for fantasy. None of these guys give you the upset or the upside that Ryan Tannehill does. I mean, we're literally looking at Ryan Tannehill, who finished the 2020 season. It's the QB7, and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. I, I think he's I underrated I, at this point. I, 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 I think, think he is a tad underrated, but I, I can't. I think he's in the right spot, right? Because I can't justify him, you know, putting him ahead of guys like Matt Stafford or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or even Tua. But I do think if you're getting him as quarterback 19, it sounds weird. I think it's a good value. That's a very, very nice value. Do you have any concerns uh, that, that you know, still with the fact that we didn't really have a, a Johnny Smith, right? Like he's he's out of the offense. No. You no, saw no. you saw plenty of, of shakeups here. I mean, you're not concerned at all about the transition to Julio, I'm assuming. I am not. No. No, I think this is going to be great for this Titans offense. I think it's going to be one of the most fun offenses in the league to watch. I just don't know. I don't know if this helps anybody become more efficient in the pass. Excuse me. I don't think it helps raise anybody's value in the passing game. 
other than Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill, I think he's just going to continue to be a really, really solid you know, quarterback, too, who's going to give you seven to eight weeks of QB1 production. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to talk about the impact of the Julio Jones trade on the Atlanta Falcons offense. Now there is a man missing in town. Somebody's got to make up for those fantasy points. We will be right back, and we will get into more Julio Jones Wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit all you have to do is use the promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts welcome back into the locked on dynasty football podcast we are talking all things julio jones today we just talked about the impact on the tennessee titans don't think there's much concern there i think everybody's just excited to watch this team ball out with Derrick Henry. You just have uh, some of these strongest men in the NFL, and they're all going to be <laughs> impossible to take down. You say, like, how many defenders do you need to take down three men on that field? Well, when they are A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and Julio Jones, you need a lot of men to take these guys down. <laughs> I can't wait. But there is a team now that is without their wide receiver one. We have to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, who mm. have made plenty of moves in this offseason, they made a big-time splash drafting Kyle Pitts as the highest-drafted tight end in in history, yep. literally in NFL history. I'm not sure, though. I want your opinion mm. on this. So my thoughts, um, I'm not sure that we can get Kyle Pitts' value any higher at this point. You'd think that with some maybe uh, potentially available targets in that offense, we should see an increase in value. But... If you're already at the tippity top, where else is there to go, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good point, Kate. And yet, I think what he's going as tight end three right now in Dynasty, you know, just behind George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think you can make... Like, what else are you going to do? Well, well, hear me out. I think... Kelsey deserves to be the number one tight end right now because he's just attached to a great quarterback and he's so consistent. But I think you could make a really good argument that he should be ahead of George Kittle. George Kittle is now going to be in an offense with a quarterback that likes to run a lot. They've got a lot of different playmakers. He's struggled to stay healthy over the last couple of years. He's never been a big touchdown guy. I think he has eight total touchdowns over the last three years. I think you can make an argument that Kyle Pitts just has a much higher ceiling than George Kittle. And I think given the seven-year age difference and the target volume that Kyle Pitts is going to get, I don't think it would be crazy to rank Pitts ahead of Kittle. I I don't either, but hear me out here. I mean, my question, like, obviously, we've seen everybody has evaluated Kyle Pitts to be, you know, one of the greatest tight end prospects we have ever seen. Mm-hmm. What if we miss? Like, is this going to big be the biggest woof of all time? <laughs> no, like, just hear me out because we've already crowned this guy unlikely, tight end right? too. It seems it unlikely. is unlikely. Well, I, it is unlikely. I but do, I do want to say really quickly, our uh, our guy Ryan McDowell, currently on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, has Kyle Pitts as tight end one in his rankings. Wow. Tight end ones. And I, listen, I think it's bold. 
but I absolutely don't hate it because he is a absolute unicorn. We've never seen a tight end drafted this high. We've never seen a team basically have this many vacated targets now that Julio's gone. Uh, and in an offense, it's going to have to throw the ball a bunch. I, I just... I think it's very likely, Kate, that we get a 900 to 1,000-yard season right away from Kyle Pitts. And if he does that, there's absolutely nobody that's going to be ranking him worse than number one at this time next year. All right. Next up, I think we have to talk about Calvin Ridley. Ridley is somebody that I am so incredibly high on for the season to come. We're looking at an offense with a quarterback who is ranked over the last three seasons, third, fifth, and third. First in the NFL in pass attempts. That's a lot of opportunity. Obviously, you have to expect uh, just as the Titans efficiency will probably increase, we're going to see a decrease in the efficiency. But I do think the volume still has to be there because you know what? The Falcons, I get uh, Mike Davis's quads are (laughs) ginormous. But I don't think that we can totally uh, count on those quads to really establish a fully uh, balanced run game there in Atlanta. They are still going to have to pass the ball. Now, I want to talk about Calvin Ridley. He has been drafted as the wide receiver nine in Dynasty Startups. These are the wide receivers he's going behind. A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf, C.D. Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase. Is there anybody, anybody in the world, any of these guys that you could push down the ranks in favor of Calvin Ridley at this point? Hopkins. He is on the older side. Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins is being drafted behind one spot behind Calvin Ridley as the wide receiver 10. So Calvin Ridley, 26 years old, he's six foot, 189 pounds. So those uh, ahead of him in age. On this list, Tyreek Hill, 27, Devontae Adams, 28, and Stephon Diggs, 27. That's a really Is there good anybody question. we can bump down that? I, I don't know. I, I think he should be higher, but I'm not sure who to bump. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, Kate, let's look at Calvin Ridley from last year. I mean, he was just absolutely insane, right? 90 receptions, 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns. The wide receiver four. The wide receiver four. Um, averaged nine and a half targets per game. I honestly don't see a reason why that number is going to drop, right? I think it's very realistic that he gets to 10, maybe even 10 and a half targets a game. And he does that. And let's say even his efficiency drops a little bit. Last year, he averaged 15.3 yards per catch. Let's say that drops down to 13.7 yards a catch like he did in 2019. He's still going to be a top five wide receiver just based on sheer volume. Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback from a fantasy perspective of getting the ball to these playmakers. Um, I think they're going to use a lot of two tight ends. They're going to do a lot of play action. I I just have a hard time believing, assuming Calvin Ridley can play 14, 15, 16, 17 games, that he's going to finish outside of a top five wide receiver. So I think he's, again, I think he's a good value of where he's going right now. Yeah, again, I don't know who to bump down in that list. Honestly, at this point, where does A.J. Brown fit? I don't I don't know. I, yeah. I think he might be a little closer to Calvin Ridley than most people are liking to admit at this point. But I've said it on Twitter this week. I genuinely believe that Calvin Ridley has potential to finish as the wide receiver one in the 2021 fantasy football season. Last year, all right, in the games without Julio Jones, third in red zone targets, third in end zone targets. He was the wide receiver three. He ranked first 
in total receiving yards, fourth in receptions. Five of the seven games he played without Julio Jones, he had over 100 receiving yards. Five out of seven. Yep. Yep. He... There may not be a wide receiver at this point that has a higher upside than Calvin Ridley that is being perhaps as disrespected. I love, love, love Calvin Ridley. And people are looking at the age of 26. But you know what? We've got three really solid years of production at the NFL level. I love it. I think he could really genuinely uh, finish as the wide receiver one. And I think we're going to be kicking ourselves next season when... Uh, you know, for our dynasty teams, we're looking at the age 26 and running because, man, oh, man, we can have, you know, another good five, six years of solid production there. I I love Calvin Ridley as a huge buy. Now, I, I agree with you. Um, there's also been this sentiment in the dynasty community that, you know, there's going to be a lot of value in that wide receiver, too, in this offense, whether that's uh, Zacchaeus or Russell Gage or maybe down the, the line, Frank Darby. Are you buying that at all, Kate? Because I, the way that I look at the offense is I just think everything is going to be funneled between Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And that wide receiver two and wide receiver three is just going to be cycled in and out you know, for the next couple of years. They're just going to draft a guy or sign a guy in free agency. And it's going to be kind of like a revolving door. And I just don't think you want to chase that production there. What, what are your thoughts on everybody else outside of Pitts and Ridley? I'm not I'm not banking on any of these guys. I just don't think that especially for dynasty fantasy football. I mean, all of the pieces that you're looking for like yes, if I'm looking for maybe a one year buy low candidate, I'm going to look for the guys that might have an increased opportunity for target share, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking for a a dynasty asset that I could buy low, None of these guys really fit that profile for me. I don't believe that any of these guys are necessarily going to have that long-term value. I think that right now we're going to be looking at Kyle Pitts and we're going to be looking at Calvin Ridley as the the 1A, 1B in this offense. Everybody else, I think, is just a – they're a rotationary, rotational, you know, sort of – Stop gap, it just right? feels like a position they're going to try to upgrade significantly in 2022, right? Whether that's with a draft pick that they acquired for the Titans, whether that's in free agency with a maybe a more veteran, bigger guy. I just have a hard time believing that any of these guys outside of Pitts and uh, Calvin Ridley are going to be long-term solutions in Atlanta. I don't I don't think they will. And you know what? When I'm, I'm sort of considering just – that sort of price tag that we're going to have on some of these guys in case they do fill that role for the coming season. I don't think any of them are going to sustain enough value that they're going to be worth their acquisition cost at this point, given the fact that, yeah, we are all aware there are more targets to be had this year. I'm out on any of these secondary options. I, I, I'm out as well. I mean, there's going to be people in your league that are way more aggressive at trying to target like a Russell Gage it's just not for me. Like you can maybe chase the 800 yards and four touchdowns that Gage might get. um, But I'm just not, I don't think I'm willing to give up an asset for that. If I have any of these secondary receivers, I'm selling. I'll try to sell maybe, uh, maybe get a second back for Gage because I think he's out of either of these guys. I think he's probably the most likely to punch some immediate value for the 2021 season. He is going to see some volume, but 
I mean, if I can get anything for these guys, I'm going to sell them now. I'm going to I'm going to move on. I'm going to get that value and hopefully get a, a second round asset that, you know, it, can, whether it's in 2022, 2023. These are these guys are the ultimate sell candidates in your rebuild mode. Can I give you a couple of trades of like what? what he's going for right now because there are people out there that are really excited about Russell Gage I, I, I'm looking at Dynasty League Football the trade finder right now and there's a couple of trades for him going for like a third and a fourth round pick or 211 in a draft or Jared Cook straight up in a tight end premium league so there are trades out there for Russell Gage there are people that are excited or need uh, you know just somebody like that to fill out their end of the roster I just don't think this is the type of guy you want to try to acquire right now I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And you know what? Before we head out for today, we're going to take a quick break. But we did get some news this morning that is set to impact your dynasty teams, even if just ever so slightly. We got Gus Edwards signing an extension with the Baltimore Ravens. So we've got to talk about that, the fallout, the impact on J.K. Dobbins, etc. We will be right back. Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Are you ready to try the best tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code Locked On. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are talking about the ramifications of a couple of trade, a couple of trades, and you know what? Now we've got an extension here that I don't know. Are we concerned about this uh, potential effect on J.K. Dobbins, who has been drafted as a top ten running back in dynasty startups? What is your rapid reaction, Gus Edwards? He got two years, ten million dollars, which mm-hmm. that's a nice that's a nice chunk of change for a guy that uh, you're. You know, I feel like we've all but written off as a 
you know, not not a true starting running back, not even a, a true threat to J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, let's start with Gus Edwards, right? I don't think he's going to have any significant value in terms of, like, being all of a sudden an RB2 or anything like that. He is very efficient. I think the most important thing here, Kate, is that it's a two-year deal that now takes him his contract through the 2023 season. And that means that J.K. Dobbins is going to be battling with Gus Edwards during his entire rookie contract. And I think that's... That is a significant hit because while while Edwards is never going to be a full-time guy, uh, he is somebody who's going to average, I would say, what, between 9 to 12, 9 to 13 carries a game, and that's probably just enough uh, to take J.K. Dobbins out of the RB1 conversation. So I think one of the reasons why we like J.K. Dobbins so much, it was the combination of him potentially getting 20 carries a game plus being efficient, but now, let's say those carries drop down to 15 or 16 a game. I do think it knocks them a little bit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not as excited about J.K. Dobbins anymore that now that we know Gus Edwards is going to be there for the foreseeable future. It definitely it's it's a tough, tough circumstance to be in. I mean, last season we did see Gus Edwards lead the team in carries yet uh, for the running back position. I'll say that. <laughs> Uh, had 144 attempts to J.K. Dobbins, 134. We saw incredible efficiency, six yards per rushing attempt with J.K. Dobbins. But outside of that, I mean, you still had some efficiency from Gus Edwards, still averaged mm-hmm. five yards per attempt, um, yards per contact after attempt. They were sort of like nail, nail for nail right there, avoided tackles per attempt. They were right there, right there. Um, it, it carries inside the 10. I, this is where I want to talk about. I mean, we saw Gus Edwards get 10 carries yeah. to J.K. Dobbins, 9. Yeah. And it is not the fact that, you know, we're seeing a an overall split there. Obviously, like, you're, you're not going to get, uh, unless we were looking at, you know, maybe the James Robinsons of 2020, you're not going to get a guy that's going to see, like, 90% of the goal line carries. They are going to split it up at some point, unless you have like a Derrick Henry. But looking at this split, I mean, even in the red zone, 28 carries for J.K. Dobbins, 26 for Gus Edwards. That split's just a little too close for comfort for me. It's also unfortunate because Gus Edwards is really good. And that's the hard part is like, there's going to be games this year, Kate, and I can guarantee it where Gus Edwards is just running better than J.K. Dobbins. And Greg Roman and Harbaugh are just going to stick with with Edwards because he's running hard. He gets downhill. There's really no fuss to his game, right? It's not all that flashy. He just he does exactly what he is supposed to do, and it's going to take away some volume from J.K. Dobbins. So, I I think there was a chance that we could eventually rank Dobbins inside the top seven or eight running backs. I can't do that anymore. Uh, and Kate, let's let's play a quick game just to kind of see our initial reactions with J.K. Dobbins. Um, Dobbins or Nick Chubb? Chubb. Okay, Dobbins or JK or Cam Akers? Ooh, um, I'll still I'll still take Dobbins, but that's a bit closer that's for close. me. That's close. I think I would lean Akers. Uh, Derrick Henry, they're quite a bit older, but who would you rather have? If I'm in a, a spot to contend, I'll take Derrick Henry. Okay. Uh, Najee Harris. Najee. Antonio Gibson. Ooh, that's a bit closer for me. Uh, I think I'll go with Antonio Gibson, surprisingly. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. This one's really tough for me. 
I'm going to see EH easily. So we're talking about now J.K. Dobbins, who is currently going as RB9 in Dynasty League football to somebody who could potentially be outside of the top 12 or 13. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big drop, Kate. Yeah, I'd love to hear from our listeners. What are your guys' thoughts on this extension? Does this even really change anything for you? Because, I mean, we know the team has liked Gus Edwards. It, it You know, we can now put a dollar tag mm-hmm. on it, but but we knew this entire time that the team really liked Gus Edwards and wanted to keep him involved. So, guys, let us know if this changes your ranking of J.K. Dobbins. Who are you taking above J.K. Dobbins in that sort of uh, second to third tier of running backs? Let us know at Locked On Dynasty. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. We will see you guys back on Thursday. Ryan and Matt are back tomorrow, and we'll keep the fun times rolling so we can help you build the best Dynasty roster.